Welcome back. Hammer Down Show is on 1017thehammer.com. Pop it over the Hammerhead hotline. I love getting to talk to this guy here. Brian Tonsoni is here from Delphi Bracketology. Delphi Bracketology, a group of uh, high school kids and educators that actually work in bracketology. It, it's a club. They've been very, very good uh, over the last several years as well, and just lucky to have somebody that's an expert in this kind of stuff right here in our own backyard. Brian, it's great to be able to talk with you again. Excited about basketball season. Uh, for the folks that are uninitiated when it comes to Delphi Bracketology, tell, tell me a little bit about what it is. Yeah, well, thanks, Jared, for having us on. We appreciate the support. Um, we're, we're a high school club. We're in our eighth year. Uh, it, it started in 2015, and uh, we, we predict the bracket. Uh, we don't do the bracket pools. We, t- we try to work and figure out uh, where Purdue is going to be seated. That's a pretty easy one right now. Uh, <laughs> where are the Big Ten teams? Where, where, where are teams going to be on seed line one, two, three, four? Uh, we cover games now. We have a website, DelphiBracketology.com. We're active on Twitter. Uh, we just like to try to share uh, our bracket uh, knowledge with as many people who are uh, basketball junkies like we are. Right now we have three faculty members and 13 students who are active uh, in our group. We meet every Thursday morning uh, and try to produce uh, new brackets on a weekly basis. So we're all excited uh, that college basketball is up and running. It's such a unique group, and I absolutely love it. And you guys have had a lot of success in this in the past, too. I mean, one year you guys were like the most accurate bracket in the country, weren't you? Yeah, our first year we just kind of did it for practice. The next year we uh, joined uh, this BracketMatrix.com competition, and we won the whole thing. And CBS TV came in and did a, a, a little segment on us that they used in their NCAA tournament coverage, which was just out of this world great experience and and right now we are tied for second uh in the last five years overall average uh tied for second best in the in the whole country um over some experts uh and we're we're pretty proud of the work that we do and and i know it's a big thing i know you guys meet a couple times a week you sit down you argue these things out uh we usually like to talk big 10 stuff with you here and uh, of course you know where we have purdue at Pretty obvious where Purdue should probably be right now, though, right? I mean, you kind of alluded to it before. You do have them as your number one seed right now, correct? They are the they are the number one overall seed. Um, they're number one in the net ranking, which is the major sorting tool of the NCAA tournament. It's not the AP ranking or Ken Palm or any of these things, you know, that uh, that you hear on telecast. It's the net ranking that really matters. And right now, uh, Purdue is ranked number one, but they also have the most quad one wins. That's something you'll hear me. Uh, if I'm on the show quite a bit, you'll hear quad one, quad two. Uh, Purdue has three quad one wins. No one in the country has uh, three. So it's a pretty clear cut. Uh, Purdue is, uh, is, is number one, and, and they're poised to the, – the important thing for the Purdue fans is you're poised to have uh, – if you have a loss or two, uh, this team is set to, to stay in this top area for the most part. Um, that, that's got to be comforting for a fan base, uh, you have a quality team to root for. And if, if there is just a hiccup, uh, you're not going too far, uh, in, in our opinion, um, uh, down the bracket. We're talking with Brian Tonsoni of Delphi Bracketology here on the Hammerhead Hotline. So the Big Ten as a whole, obviously Purdue up there at the top, but you do have uh, three more teams that are slated right there in the top 20, 18, 19, and 20 in the net rankings. That's Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Iowa. I find my, Iowa becomes my first real curious case, Brian, because uh, while they are 7-2 and two and, and they do look to be pretty good, uh, out of those seven wins, six of them are quad four wins. Uh, we, you said we talk a lot about the uh, quad one, the quad two and stuff. 
when you stack up those quad four wins, what does that do? I mean, does the committee, how much weight does the committee give to that specific yeah. category right there in terms of kind of sliding you down the list of seeds? Well, one thing, it's an early sample size, and a lot of schools will play uh, teams in that quad four. Uh, Purdue has Incarnate Word and, and some of those teams coming up, so they'll add some, some of those wins there. But you don't want too many uh, games in the quad four category because that hurts your strength of schedule. Uh, and if it comes down to a tiebreaker for a seed line or uh, in a Big Ten situation, a position in the tournament, uh, you don't want to have your schedule loaded with a, a lot of lower – level teams because that becomes a tiebreaker in in some cases you know if everyone if it comes down to three teams to get in and you only have uh one spot open and someone has they all have the same number of good wins it also then goes to who you played um in those middle tiers and so scheduling becomes a huge part of what i think uh, basketball programs need to look at in the ncaa is uh, appropriate scheduling uh, and I know that does a disservice to some of those lower-level teams. It's hard for them to get games. But you do not want too many. And, and we have Iowa outside our top 25 uh, initial. We'll have the full scrub tomorrow. But right now they're initially slotted at 28. Uh, so they're not equal to their ranking uh, because of that that strength of schedule. And they don't have a quad one win at, at this point. Do they hold or do you guys maybe even hold it a little bit more against uh, another team? If they're stacking up these quad four wins – you look at you can't get away from what's in the conference, right? I mean, the conference schedule is the conference schedule. We run into this stuff with, at the high school level with a lot of teams uh, locally here too. Um, can you hold that a little bit more against them, or do you say, okay, look, I, I know they only scheduled what like four or five out of conference games where they kind of fa- fall in that quad four. Um, we, we can't we can't help it if like you know, say Gonzaga in the in the West Coast. I, there's not a ton of great teams in there, and I'm sure there's several quad four. They're going to stack those quad four wins. Can you hold that against them when it hits conference play? No, that's why. That's why the conference, uh, the conference record doesn't matter, but who you play in the conference. If you have good teams inside the conference, mm-hmm. and the Big Ten's taking a little bit of hit in the Big East, uh, the Gavit games because they lost some uh, teams. When you see the Michigan, the Illinois struggle early, the overall net ranking of the conference drops. So when you when you play uh, certain teams like Michigan's not a quad one win right now, hopefully that'll find its level uh, and, and get there. But if your whole league is struggling, that, that, that does hurt. But Gonzaga does a great job of scheduling in the non-conference. Uh, but teams, there was a situation a couple of years ago where North Carolina State had 23 wins, I want to say, and was left out because they scheduled way too many non-conference uh, cupcakes, if you will. Um, Indiana's in that situation right now. We don't have them in the bracket, even though they're seven and one, because they have six quad uh, four wins and they don't have many non-conference opportunities. So they're going to have to get all their quad ones in the conference. And there's only 10 opportunities um, right now uh, on that schedule for them to get quad one wins. So it is interesting. Uh, and again, it's way too early to, to really be talking about it, but we're junkies, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, some of this will balance out. Um, you know, teams that are in a quad two right now will end up being a quad one just because they'll play good competition once conference play starts. Uh, and this really gets going in mid to late January when the data starts balancing out. Uh, but there are some telltale signs early about your schedule that really does matter. How many Big Ten teams do you have in as of today? Uh, as of today, uh, seven. 
Uh, and I, I think early in the season we were thinking eight or nine, and, and right now it's looking more like seven is the number uh, because of some of the struggles in the non-conference overall for the Big Big Ten. And that just has a rumbling, uh, you know, a snowball down the mountain effect that if you if you don't have good, solid metrics early, it's kind of hard to make that up when you start playing against each other. Um, you know, the SEC and the Big 12, those are – and the Big East are – those three conferences have really – done well and so when they play each other they're all going to have be good wins uh and not bad losses uh in the big 10 we're a little worried here uh in big 10 country uh what's going to happen with with quality wins well like you said hopefully uh the stuff starts to find its level i I know that uh, it's a lot easier to get out of assembly hall the roads work uh once you hit december I, i know before december it's impossible for indiana to get out and play anybody it's really a shame Maybe they'll figure that out yeah. one day. Uh, but <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> You're uh, killing me, man. You're killing I, me. I know. For those of you that don't know, Brian is also a member of uh, Assembly Call, which is a perfectly fine Indiana uh, uh, group of uh, folks that r- run a blog, podcasting, and all kinds of stuff, too. Brian does a very good job with that. You know, we got sometimes we got to rib our friends from down south just a little bit, buddy, just a little bit. Uh, we, we deserve all of it right now. So, <laughs> we'll take it. Boy, let's hope, let's hope your listeners aren't paying attention to this one here. You might be in a little bit of trouble, buddy. Uh, Brian Tonsoni from Delphi Bracketology. Uh, Brian, remind the listeners one more time, if uh, we want to follow along with the, with the fine work that you guys are doing over there, how do we do that again? Yeah, Twitter uh, handle is at Delphi Bracket. Uh, our webpage is DelphiBracketology.com. Jared, we do a, we're starting a live podcast uh, now on Thursday nights at 7.30 uh, with a couple students. Uh, if people are interested, we have a YouTube page uh, you can follow. But uh, we, we put that out on Twitter, and if you want to come watch us live on, on, on uh, that, you can. We also on iTunes and Spotify, um, Bracket U, uh, our podcast, which talks a lot about what we're talking about today. So if people are really into this, uh, you know, come come to our webpage, DelphiBracketology.com, and, and all the links and everything are there. Uh, and if you have any questions, contact us. We we like to share what we do, Jared. Um, it, it's for all basketball fans. So it, it's that's fantastic. where you can find us. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, and you guys are very, very good at it, too. Uh, so lucky well, to have you. you guys right here in our own backyard. Really are. Anytime. Brian Tonsoni, Delphi Bracketology. Again, go give them the follows on Twitter. Check out the podcast, the webpage and stuff, everything. Uh, They've got you covered as we move through the college basketball season. Brian, it's always a pleasure. We'll have you back on soon, buddy.